welcome to the Speak by Design podcast, where we study great speakers and great leaders. We study their style, structure, and strategy so you can become a consistently compelling force at work and in life. I'm Stephanie Bickle, your host. Lesson one, mindset, how to protect and grow your confidence. Let's first define mindset because it gets thrown around so much. It, your mindset is your operating system. So a belief that I have is a thought that I've just thought many times over. So here's one of mine is I'm a good speaker. And because I believe that and I practiced thinking that, that is a mindset, and I go into interactions with higher confidence and how do you, and that's on the inside, and you see that in my behaviors. And those behaviors are strong eye contact, an easy smile, an easy laugh. I speak from a very natural, comfortable place. I'm happy in interactions. I can handle questions with ease and comfort, and I don't look defensive or agitated in any way. All right, so that's an operating system for me, this belief, I am a great speaker. Well, what do you think is in most people's heads? It's this fear of saying something stupid in front of their coworkers, in front of their boss, in front of an important person. There's this belief that, oh, well, I'm shy. I'm I'm not good with people. I'm awkward socially. And a lot of people have received this feedback either directly or indirectly, and they've socialized themselves to become this more introverted person. When people tell me that they are an introvert, what they want me to assume is that that means they're not going to be as good at communication as an extrovert. And that is not true. There are plenty of extroverts who are not good communicators. How do we define communicator? It's somebody who can get excitement for an idea to the degree that other people take action. Let's define it that way. It's being that consistently compelling force. All right, so these mindsets are so darn important because there's no amount of behavioral change you can make that will overcome a negative limited mindset. And the negative mindsets, like people will say, well, I can keep that to myself. Nobody will see how I really feel. I can hide that I'm nervous. I can hide that I'm insecure really well. But you can't. Not when you are facing questions and thinking on your feet or being, uh, or being challenged by someone on an idea. That's when it shows. But if you are coming into a meeting and a presentation from a good, healthy belief set about your own capabilities, your beliefs about your work and other people, you can withstand any scrutiny, any interrogation because of the mindset. So I'm going to teach you how to coach yourself on mindset. And we'll start with the four beliefs. So that's the core of what we're talking about in this episode. The four beliefs are, number one, that you love your audience. Not just like them, not care about them, but love them. And the reason we got we have to go all the way to love is that once you get to great love, you have 
eradicated any fear in your body. So 100% pure love feels great inside of you. It relaxes you. It's gonna, going to physically lower your blood pressure. It's going to soften your eyes. It's going to warm up your vocal tone. It does so many things without you having to manipulate anything. You don't have to fake it at all. As long as you can find love, as long as love is even available to you. And sometimes it's not. I've coached people and said, can you find love in this moment? And they can't. And then I ask, can you find love at all? Is it available within you? Do you have self-love? And sometimes people say, I really don't know what that is. And that's a sign that more work needs to be done because if you cannot be loving inside your own head to yourself, there is no way you can love an audience properly. And that audience knows when you genuinely care about them and when you don't. We can tell. All right, so that's that's number one, love. The second belief is that you are an expert and you are an expert at something. You are an expert at something, no matter what the meeting is. Maybe it is a subject matter expertise or it is that you are you have an expert skill like speaking, like asking good questions or relationship building. You're really great at socializing. You're really great at making people feel comfortable. It does not have to be that you're an expert in neuroscience. It doesn't have to have that kind of depth to it. It is something that you know you're bringing into that meeting. Maybe it's an experience. I'm the only one who has analyzed this financial model to this degree. I know the most about this financial model. But it has to be something that bold, that almost sounds arrogant to your head to help get you in that that groove of, I have something to say. Because if I don't believe I have any expertise in anything, relationship building or neuroscience, I'm not going to open my mouth. So remind yourself of what value you bring into that meeting. Now for mindset number three, it is the belief that you are in a fight to solve a serious problem. Now, many people believe, well, I don't know if I solve problems. I just help people become wealthier. I help things get better. The difference though is if you're in a fight, you're focused on a problem, you're going to have much higher personal intensity and a deeper commitment if you're fighting a problem versus running after an opportunity. Now, if the opportunity is something that is time bound, like we're in a race to go to market so that we crush our competition, that's still framed in a way that feels like a fight. So frame it as a fight because that puts you in a battle that puts you at war with something. And that that war, if you're in a nonprofit organization, that could be eliminating poverty and So if you're on a team, let's say you're on a cyber team, a cybersecurity team, your mission could be to protect the company and get rid of the bad guys. So you're in a fight. That type of energy is exciting to watch. Think of most movies we watch, 
people are in a fight. There's so there's a whole genre for adventure, violence, and action because we like to see characters in a fight. So put yourself in a fight. It's like you're in a battle to make the world, the team, the organization a better place. The fourth belief is that you believe change will happen as these words exit your mouth. And I want you to think about Martin Luther King's most famous speech, the I Have a Dream speech, those 90 seconds when he got us so excited and emotional that he changed the world. He changed the world with those words. He opened eyes. He opened hearts. He created movements everywhere. And we celebrate it and we listen to it again and again and again. I say that to to highlight how he must have been thinking when he was speaking, that he believed his words could shape us. How many meetings do you go to where the senior leader doesn't really believe that change will happen? And then think of the meetings that you are really touched by the senior leader's message. It is because of that senior leader's belief in the idea and how much was possible to change and to change quickly. During the COVID period, and especially in the early COVID days of the pandemic, senior leaders were highly motivating because they were emotional and they believed that we have to change fast. We have to pivot right now in the business. And staff pivoted. People made big changes overnight. And that kind of motivated language and those messages were impactful because of the belief we will make change happen today. When you go to a meeting and it's flat, it's boring, it sounds like, oh, we're going to talk about this again, but nothing changes. That is because the belief number four is missing. Okay, now imagine speakers you really love to listen to. Do they believe these things? Do they love their audience, believe in their own value, believe they're fighting a serious problem, and that they're going to make change happen today? I think of religious leaders who do this very effectively because it's genuine. It is from a real genuine belief set. For those of us who have not thought about our internal beliefs to this degree and this clarity, because I'm not telling you, oh, think anything you want, which you can, we all do. I'm giving you very specific beliefs to turn on. Well, do you turn them on one at a time? No. All four need to be on at the same time because sometimes they're going to seem like they're in conflict with one another. So let's take number one. I love my audience, but I'm smarter than they are. So can you love an audience that you believe you know more than? Yes, you can. You can. Now, believing that you are smarter than your audience is going to sound arrogant to many of you. It's not arrogant if it's true. What are you smarter than them for? Now, if it's almost impossible to turn on all four of those mindsets, you know you have work to do before you go. 
You need to do some analysis. You need to study something. Maybe you need to go into an operation uh, uh, like a plant, a manufacturing plant, wherever you make your products and study it before you go into this meeting. You need to go find some expertise and value to bring into that meeting. If you're about to meet people that you do not like or trust, who have very difficult personalities, you have to work on your mindset to find something to admire about them, to like about them, to love about them, and get further down to the love feeling so that you can come in and show up the right way. And I've gone into meetings where I don't know anybody, but I can still extend love to a stranger. And that's something that many of us need to learn how to do if we haven't been socialized to do that our whole life. Think of your most confident moment at work. Did you believe these things? Think of your least confident moment at work. Which one of these was was hardest for you to locate and find. Now you know how to coach yourself. And most people will say it's that second belief that I don't believe I'm an expert. Now let's talk about protecting because there's one thing about growing your confidence by working on those four beliefs. There's this other part about people getting frustrated with you that can hurt your confidence or receiving feedback from a person you trust, or even a person you don't trust that is critical. Maybe someone even says to you, Stephanie, you need to be more confident, which is the most damaging way to give feedback to someone else. Because as soon as I have been told I need to be more confident, I start to get paranoid about myself. Do, do I not have confidence? What am I doing that makes them think I don't have confidence? I thought I was confident, but I'm really not. Oh, everyone can see. Everyone can see my negative thoughts. If someone ever tells you to be more confident, thank them and then find out exactly what behaviors you showed that made them think you were not. Don't get defensive, but here's what it would sound like is I would say, Mike, thank you for letting me know. I want to come across extremely confident. Do you remember what I was saying when I didn't look or sound confident? Oh, yes. I remember it was about 10 minutes into the meeting when you showed slide seven. Okay, slide seven. Was it more that I didn't sound confident or I didn't look confident? No, it wasn't really that. It was how you responded to a question. Oh, when I responded to that question, what did I say or do on that that made you think I wasn't confident? And say, and be pleasant the whole time. Do not sound defensive. You are working hard to get to the bottom of exactly what behavior did the person see that made them think you were not. You don't have to expose your mind to anyone else but you but really expose your mind to yourself so that you can be your best coach. Because what will likely get highlighted is, oh, they're right. I didn't know the numbers that well. I did start questioning the insights. And there was a person in the room who started scowling at me. And I lost my train of thought because I got excited about the next 
page I wanted to cover. Many things happen to us in a presentation, split second. Thoughts go through our head at such a high speed. It's very hard to be confident at 100% the whole time. But what you want to understand is what are the behaviors that could make an audience not trust you as much or think that you're not clear on the idea that you're presenting. That is very valuable to know. So when someone says, oh, you could work on your communication, don't overthink it. There must have been a behavior, something you said or did that made people think you're not confident. And that is so valuable to get that kind of feedback. And you want to reward the person who shared that feedback. They're not trying to break you down. They're trying to help you get stronger. They want the very, very best for you. Always give other people the benefit of the doubt. When they're giving you feedback, they want to help you be your very best. They want to help shorten your runway. They want to share what has worked with for themselves with you, with you. And they're not analyzing you and critiquing you to the level that you are analyzing and critiquing yourself. No one, no one is watching you as closely as you're watching you. So be incredibly loving to yourself. That will help protect your confidence for the long haul. Occasionally, I've met people who say, I don't know what happened to me. In my 20s, I was so confident. And then I got into my mid-30s and early 40s, and I lost my comfort and ease in my communication. Well, that's because your thoughts changed. Maybe you were speaking so negatively inside your head and saying things like, I'm awkward with people. I'm shy. I am going to say the wrong thing. They're not going to like my idea. Those little tiny beliefs destroy our confidence. So what can you do? Because I'm sure you're wondering, what do I do with these four beliefs? How do I get them in my head when they're, they're not even close to in my head? Put them on something in writing that is visible to you. It could be in, on your bathroom mirror. It could be on your laptop screen. It could be right next to your, your desk. But you want to look at these all the time and remind yourself as you go into a Zoom meeting, as you go into a live in-person meeting, even as you walk through a door frame, that those thoughts come to you. And if they don't come to you naturally yet, you have not built the habit yet. The skill is getting them top of mind. And if there are negative ones, we don't keep the negative ones. We need to substitute them. So if it is, I can't trust my coworkers, we're changing that to, I love my coworkers. We don't keep the, I can't trust. Because if, if I believe that all day long, I can't trust these people. I can't trust these people. You better believe my communication is going to be awkward. <laughs> it's going to be so poor, 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 poor. And anytime you have a moment where you, you say, oh, gosh, I really behaved strangely in that meeting or when that topic came up, ask yourself, what was I thinking? And see if you can write it down. And when you write down the thoughts that were going through your head, this is why journaling is so helpful to us because you're writing down your thoughts. Then you read it back and, and ask yourself, are, are these sentences even true? 
look at how many negative things I have. Now, don't just cross out all your negative thoughts yet, but see if any do deserve to be crossed out. Are any so false that you can go ahead and get rid of them now? And then if there are some that are true to you, get very lovingly curious about why do I believe that they're not going to like my idea? Why am I failing ahead of time in that conversation? I haven't even shared the idea with them yet. Why am I believing it's going to be such a bad conversation? Because if I go into a meeting believing that this is going to go badly, guess what happens? I prove it to be true. I prove it to be true. So we can be, we can be much kinder to ourselves by at least giving equal weight to the possibility that it could be perfect. It could go very, very well. Now, another thing that comes up is this belief that I'm only going to get good at communication when I've done this a hundred times. And that's not true. The first time can be good. And once I realized that for myself, my presentations got so much better. Because I'm, I'm speaking about new topics all the time. We introduce a new course every month and Speak by Design University every month. So that means I've never spoken on that topic before. But I've done my research. I've practiced by myself. But there's a first time in front of that audience where I don't know how, how it's going to resonate. But I believe it's going to be good. I don't, this is going to sound delusional, but it's also delusional to believe that you're going to fail your first time, just because it's your first time. So really challenge your own thinking on that. Do I have to believe this will be bad? Do I have to believe that they're not going to like it? You do not have to believe anything. You have a hundred percent control on what you choose to believe. So why not choose beliefs that set you up for success? And that is the power of these four beliefs. All right, so that's my challenge for you all is can you reflect on your beliefs about your own communication? When you, If somebody were to ask you, are you a good communicator? Are you a good presenter? What are your presentation skills like? What are your thoughts? And look at them. Are they really positive? That's great. Are they slightly negative? Is it very conditional? So a lot of people have this issue where they say, I'm really confident with people I know, but I'm not with people I don't know. Or I'm really confident with strangers, but when it's my, the leadership team, I really struggle. So what audience, maybe it's audience dependent where these beliefs get shaky, but when those beliefs are shaky, you better believe your communication will be affected. It can't not be affected. All right, so writing down helps expose yourself to your real thoughts inside your head. Second thing, though, is to start working on these four beliefs and working on them daily so that they do come into your consciousness and they become a habitual, unconscious way of thinking about your communication skills. That right there could change so many behaviors. Just focusing on what's inside your head 
There's so much you can change about your communication without even opening your mouth, without even practicing the speech out loud, just how you believe in yourself. All right, everyone, have a great day and pulse these new thoughts. They change so much and they make your day much easier. All right, take care, everybody. If you've ever wanted to become a great speaker, now is the time. Join me at speakbydesign.com forward slash join and join our monthly coaching program where we work on personal style, message structure, and strategies that help you become the obvious choice and help your ideas get heard and create massive action. Hope to see you there. Music